0: Good evening, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to episode six of the Matt and Matt O-Scale Train podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rochford, and with me, as always, is my co-host... Mazazuha. Matt, how you doing tonight? Oh, fantastic. How about yourself? Doing well, and tonight we have a special episode of the Matt and Matt O-Scale Train podcast. We are going to interview none other than YouTube Model railroading and rail fan Ravenhawk 6910. Raven, how you doing tonight?
1: I want to say first off how you drum me up as such a great act coming in on the show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we do that for everybody, so mm-hmm. even yeah. ourselves. Yeah.
1: It's like it, it's this is gonna be a fun I, one. I was actually talking with someone the other day, and they're like, you know, it's so great that I get to talk to you. I'm like, man, who do you think I am? Rod Stewart? <laughs>
0: well you know you you listen to somebody like you know even even have being in the kind of the o scale train youtube channel community you know we're not a huge community compared to like other hobbies but when you start listening to somebody for a for a while for years and then you get a chance to kind of interact with them it's a pretty cool thing very surreal yeah. yeah absolutely uh, so first, uh, again, Matt and I would like to personally thank you for taking the time to join us on our uh, our budding podcast here. Uh, we are having a lot of fun, and it just seems to be a good medium for those that just want to chat about all the aspects of O-Scale model railroading.
1: Hey, the more the merrier. I think something like this is what the O-Scale hobby needs more of, honestly, is more internet exposure, because that's ultimately not just... I guess not with O gauge per se but model railroading in general needs a lot more exposure through the internet and the interwebs because that's ultimately how you're going to hook the next generation you know it's all it's all done through social media now it's not through the newspaper stands or the local hobby shops at least not as much as it used to be
0: Yeah I Yeah I I agree I think I think in the last I would say And you guys can agree or disagree or kind of uh, chime in your thoughts too. But in the last like three years, I think we've seen like a substantial growth in model railroading social media.
1: I agree.
2: Oh, for sure. Definitely no doubt about it.
1: And honestly, that's, it's the way of the world. I know some people are very uncomfortable with social media and that's perfectly fine, but, Ultimately, social media and YouTube and, you know, just in general these days is what can make or break a company in terms of getting their exposure out there. I think scale trains in particular on the HO side of things is doing a great job of getting that online exposure that they desperately need. I mean, they did a live stream down at the depot in the town I live in where they were unveiling the new ES44ACs, the CSX uh, Pride and Service locomotives. Which I was actually there for that. I wasn't planning to be there, but it just I just kinda happened up on it.
0: <laughs> cool. Yep. Yeah, and you know, and just to kinda um segue from your uh you, you know what you said about social media and people not being um very uh you know, into it as much as they wanna be, that kind of plays the same way with folks that are maybe not very good in like actual physical social aspects of things where having social media gives them an outlet, you know, yes. but, you know, yeah. it's kind of yeah. same, yeah. like, you know, somebody who's very, somebody who's very introverted, right. Uh, really uh, excels well. And just, this is like, this is the platform for them to speak their voice, to put in a comment about something, especially model railroading as a hobby, you know, there's probably model railroaders around that you wouldn't even know that they're model railroaders, but you know, bam, they're, they're on YouTube. They're making comments. They're talking about it on Facebook. Um, you know, it's something they want to look. It's something they like and that they they want to give, you know, their two cents on as well and tell people, hey, I, I really like this train. And uh, hey, what are you guys collecting? And and it's just uh, uh, social media has really helped uh, those type of personalities.
1: It really has. And honestly, I I kind of sort of count myself as one of them because I I was always the kid who was bullied and beat up and teased by people in school because I liked trains. You know, they were always like, Oh, you know, play with your Thomas, the tank engine, or, uh, you know, Oh, you, when you grow up, you're going to marry a train, aren't you? You know, just stupid rhetorical remarks, but it, it wore it just wears you down after a certain time. And it got to where it's just like, I, I just stopped talking about it to people. Cause it's like, you know, it, it's not worth it. And, Nowadays, that I'm a, now that I'm an adult, I can, I feel a little more open about talking to it because now people are more receptive to it. But, the internet was definitely, sort of like just a free, a, just an open field where I could just kind of do whatever I wanted. And ultimately, I chose to go the YouTube route because I took broadcast journalism in high school, and uh, that kind of got me familiarized with video editing and such. And I actually did an internship at the local TV station one summer which familiarized me even more so the interest was there it took me several years actually before i uh, got the programs that i wanted to or got the camera equipment that i needed cuz i mean we were poor we didn't really have much so i had to work for all of it but in time it eventually got to where we are now and i'm i'm really content with what i've got but i still want to keep pushing the envelope and going further and further with my channel. And while it's not something I want to make money off of, it's certainly something that I've invested a lot of time into over the last several years. And it's something, it's, it's almost mental therapy for me in a sense, because I can, I can show off my hobby on the one side of it with being the trains themselves. And I also can work with video editing broadcasting uh podcasting in this case or uh just whatever and i I just get to have a lot more fun that way and i've also done voice acting as well as a direct result of this and a couple years ago i actually had the honor of narrating a documentary as well all because of my youtube outreach
0: yep i i remember that i in fact i i believe i watched that uh um you you did a, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember it was some definitely train-related.
1: The Tennessee Central documentary, the one that's on yes, the and Block, Block Productions channel, I believe, yeah, with personal service. That's what it was called.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I don't disagree agree with you about uh, trains being uh, mental therapy. Uh, it's definitely been my rock, uh, you know, for several a number of years now uh it, it, it is just one of those things where if i need to stress out um or if i need to just kind of just go into you know another place you know for a lack of better terms because I'm a, I'm a video game player too i'm a pc gamer i'm a, i'm a pc tech i'm a network admin um, i do a lot of computer stuff uh been doing it for 25 30 years um but to get away from that. And I know all the editing and YouTube and video editing is all on the computer too, but to get away from that and just kind of, to be able to kind of play with physical locomotives um, and have your own layout is just like, just it's so uh, you know, it, it just helps me relieve a lot of stress. Uh, it's fun to do. And it just really, it, it just kind of really takes uh, takes you in a different place, right? It's it's you know it's I don't want to say like you know it's make believe land or anything like that or fantasy, well, not but necessarily you but know
1: it, I I like to compare yeah. model railroad building as far as world building, anyways. Compare it more to like say, like I like Dungeons and Dragons quite a bit, or at least I've picked it up myself as well. Few years and uh, yep. I really th- compared a model railroad world as far as the story that you make for it a lot like a homebrew dnd campaign you know you're kind of going off on your own thing you can follow prototype however you want you can be very f- uh fantasy like you can have fictional road names like uh for example my railroad's technical term is the georgia northern limited now interesting story in terms of the name The real life Georgia Northern was actually a small short line railroad down in South Georgia, um, which was absorbed by the Southern Railway. Now, I got the idea, instead of just calling it the Georgia Northern Railway, calling it Georgia Northern Limited as sort of a homage to Wisconsin Central, because the original Wisconsin Central was bought by the Sioux Line. And then was existed more or less as a paper railroad until the 60s when it was fully absorbed. And then when they sold off the original WC Trackage to form the new Wisconsin Central, that company's technical full name was Wisconsin Central Limited. And I thought it was a very interesting take on a railroad's name. And so I named my own railroad in sort of an homage to that. So Georgia Northern Limited. And it's just my own homebrewed world. Doesn't really fit to anything. Yes, there's some prototype aspects. No, I'm not gonna do like a my own paint scheme or anything like that. It it certainly would be nice, but it's not something I have in mind. But, you know, the way I see it, the Georgia Northern is a sort of regional railroad in a sense. Maybe a class two in a sense. Maybe like, oh what's a good example? Maybe Montana Rail Link in a sense that does interchange with the big class ones but also has a fleet of steam locomotives a little bit like in the sense of Ohio central. So that's sort of the direction I I wanted to go with that, or at least that's kind of how it ended up.
0: No, I can, especially with your analogy for dungeons and dragons, because you know, making your own campaign and this is your own homebrew world. Um, You know, I can definitely relate to that. So (laughs) that's right up, right up my alley as well.
1: Exactly. And, you can just you literally can do with whatever you want with it it's your canvas
0: all right well let's um i i got i got i got a good list of questions here let's go ahead and and, uh, and start with those and we'll see where it goes so the first question i have for you is um, when and who got you started in model railroading
1: well as far as model railroading um, I remember I remember getting an HO set one year for Christmas from my mom, and this was around maybe nineteen ninety-seven, I wanna say. And I was far too young to have an electric train set, and everything ended up getting <laughs> destroyed pretty much within a month. Um, so that <laughs> was that so that one was that, but then Then I ended up with a lot of the wooden train stuff from like Brio and Thomas and Friends and Whittle Shortline. And that's what I had for the most part um, because, you know, again, we couldn't really afford the electric stuff. And let's face it, a kid probably shouldn't have the electric stuff until they are of a more competent age. And uh, however, my uncle had an American Flyer train, which I actually still have. Um, It was the... 307 Reading Atlantic and uh, it was just more or less a starter set and it came with that engine a golf tank car a Pennsylvania Railroad gondola and then a Reading style caboose in American Flyer colors and my mom added a she got the train from him and she added a an American Flyer Christmas box car which was the year of my birth 1993 so I still have all of those trains just tucked away here. So I guess that was the sort of first electric train influence as far as me actually running something. I did have an in scale set mounted on a board for a short time as well, and I ran the wheels off of that thing quite literally, <laughs> and uh, and, I, and I had a lot of fun. I wish I still had that set because it was it was simple, but it was awesome. And uh, and then as far as uh, the electric stuff, I thought I wanted to do all flyer stuff for a, for a long time. But then I kind of shifted over to in-scale because we didn't have a lot of room and in-scale kind of made more sense. And I had a couple of in-scale layouts that I did, uh, none of which exist anymore today, of course. And unfortunately, because video stuff wasn't really what I had a whole lot of back then, I don't have a whole lot of evidence on film to show of this, unfortunately. And then I moved up to HO and then to O-Gage from there. But in scale still kind of holds a special place in my heart. I still have a few pieces that I've bought in recent years, and I have one brass piece in InScale
0: scale as well. Awesome. Yeah, I, I still have, um, you know, I'm, I'm full O-Scale, but um, I, I definitely have a few HO pieces that are dear to me. Uh, or have some type of uh, sentimental value, which is why I keep it. I don't. One day, maybe I'll put up a little HO sat or something, or for Christmas, maybe I'll put one around the tree or something. But, um, well, some things I you can definitely... only
1: get in the smaller scales anyways. Like uh, one piece yep. I have that I really like is a Great Northern uh, W-1 Cascade locomotive. I got the O-scale version originally, the MTH one, and... I heard about a brass one that was made back in 76 in HO, and I found one on Brasstrains.com and got it shortly there afterwards. And I just, I love that thing. It's so cool. It roars like a can opener, but it still <laughs> runs.
0: <laughs> All right. And um, how about, how about, I'm kind of curious, what is the origin of your YouTube name?
1: Well, <laughs> it's it's not your <laughs> typical railroad you know name if you will cuz you know you'll see like the such and such trains or something related to a locomotive or something in the title and back when i first created my youtube channel i kind of i was i'm not going to lie i was scatterbrained in terms of what i wanted to do in terms of youtube because i was still in high school i wanted to do my train stuff i also back then and still am today was a huge fan of power rangers and i wanted to do power ranger stuff on my channel in fact i posted a megazord review a long time ago which has since been taken down and i also wanted to do stuff with music and such like i said i wanted to do everything so it was it was a mess (laughs) and i'm and i'm kind of glad it didn't take off in that direction of all this other stuff because eventually i realized okay you can only afford to do one or the other. You can't do everything. So. Yep. So, but as far as the name, um, I've, I've always, <laughs> again, this is going to sound a little pathetic, but back in my high school days, I was also somewhat of a goth. So at the time, and still to this day, two of my favorite birds have always been the hawk and the raven. And the raven, especially from the Edgar Allan Poe story. So I wanted to incorporate those in the names. I just came up with, I put them together, made Ravenhawk. Now the number is actually the number of a steam locomotive. That is the only railroad related aspect to that name. And that number actually comes from Kentucky and Tennessee railway number 10, which is a 282 Mikado that is owned by the Tennessee Valley Railroad Museum. It's a very obscure locomotive that not a lot of people know about. What happened was, is uh, when the 4501 was sold by the K&T to the museum, they also later on got their number 10. Now, the 10 was originally delivered to the K&T, and she had a sister engine, number 11. They were the two largest engines that the K&T had built for them. Now, when they dieselized and replaced them with three ex-Denver and Rio Grande Western Alcos, the 4501 and the 10 became available to the nearest buyer. The 11 got sold to the Army and was shipped off to Maryland and was used as <laughs> as a target for aircraft practice. So you can imagine okay, what happened wow. there. <laughs> Jeez. Uh. So bada bing, bada boom, that one's gone. But the museum acquired both Mikado's eventually and moved them down to Chattanooga. 4501, obviously, we know what happened with that one. Now, the 10, it was moved dead in tow down to Chattanooga, and it needed a lot of repairs. Among other things, it needed, it desperately needed a new set of tubes, but they didn't have the money for it. So they painted the locomotive in a paint scheme that was similar to a Southern Railway Mikado of their subsidiary, the New Orleans and Northeastern, and they gave it the road number 6910. They just added the class design, the... the front two numbers from the class type onto the existing road number. And hence they came up with the 6910 and they did two trips on the Southern railway from Chattanooga to Cleveland, Tennessee and back. And it was actually one of the very early trips of the original Southern steam program. And they ran the two trips on Saturday. They had a third uh, trip scheduled for that Sunday, but the boiler had sprung so many leaks by then that they couldn't run it. So they didn't. And that's really the last time it's ever gone anywhere under its own power. They had plans in the 80s. They actually acquired a Vanderbilt tender that was in work train service on the L&N, and they were going to pair it with the 10 and turn it into an NC and St. L. Mikado, because they were actually fairly close to the right dimensions on it. And it was going to get the road number 620. But those plans fell through because the engine needed a lot more work than they initially thought, and it sat underneath the uh shed at East Chattanooga ever since it's still there to this day
0: okay that's that that's a pretty uh pretty highly detailed uh uh report of your name that, that that's that's really cool actually i yeah, probably um, you know, a little um,
1: more uh, info than you anticipated but so i apologize no <laughs> not at
0: all that's that's fantastic that's that's more than what i would have hoped so it's you know uh, somebody you know when you, you create a name on you know whether it be your youtube channel or in a video game or you know like i'm a big role play guy i i use the same name for almost everywhere um so uh, that's it's just, it's, it's a very important and, uh, personally unique thing for people. Uh, and that's why I thought it was important to, to ask what your you know, what the origin of your name was.
1: Well, and it certainly is a bit of curiosity with people because they don't, they're not expecting that in terms of a railroad channel.
0: Right. It's catchy though. I like it.
1: It it it, it kind of rolls off the tongue now, I guess, so, doesn't it? it? It totally does. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, whether I like whether people like it or not, it's what they're stuck with. So, <laughs> uh,
0: uh, how about your? Uh, what is your favorite railroad and why?
1: Mm, that's the million dollar question. Uh, yeah,
0: you know, kind of a general question, but uh, <laughs> I, was, I was I was I was curious.
1: Well. I don't have just one favorite. However, if I had to pick the one that has been the most influential on my life, and it's going to sound a little foamery, but I actually really like Amtrak. I've always been a fan of Amtrak. And that's mainly because my mom would take me down to the depot in in my hometown. And uh, we would watch the Amtrak train that would come through every night, which was the Crescent. And it would stop in my town, and it still does today. And we would always go down there, because basically because it was cheap entertainment. And she knew I liked trains back then, and so we were down there almost every night. And back in those days, I remember very clearly, because the P-42s and the P-40s, they were brand new. They were in Phase 3. The Phase 4 paint scheme was just starting to get introduced. There were some F-40s still around, and... The thing that did it for me more than anything was the sound of the horns. I I absolutely love the Amtrak K5LA horn that is on the P42s because they just sound so cool when they're running at speed and they're coming at you from a distance, especially on a kind of a cool misty night. It's just, oh, it sounds great. I love it.
0: Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, Uh, I was gonna say I I can totally relate to that because I um uh my dad and I share uh, a love of model railroading and trains in general um and uh we would go you know I'm in, I'm in the Chicagoland area and um uh he lives in Berwyn uh which is you know western suburb of Chicago yeah I know where and you. uh and there's a t- I used to, I from Riverside until I moved out in the boonies of Illinois but Riverside uh has a very old train station. Depot, and uh, we would go just sit there at the train station and just watch trains go by, whether it be a Metra uh, or a, um, you know, Union Pacific, um, you know, whatever. And uh, it's just, you know, we just love watching trains. You know, we go for walks and we'd stop at the train station and we could sit there for like an hour or two and just just enjoy. Uh, just enjoy, you know, look, look up, looking up and down the tracks, looking at the signals, you know, wait for that headlight to show up uh and you know and all right well here it comes and um yeah it's just it's it's good memories and uh it's just uh something that uh, i can definitely um understand
1: but then as far as freight railroads are concerned obviously living on norfolk southern territory you know i've always had a fondness for norfolk southern and csx of course you know they're the two big railroads down here in the south so um but I've always loved the Santa Fe as well, and I attribute that to the <laughs> the uh, live action video for kids series because they had a tape called "There Goes a Train," which to me was the definitive uh, cassette tape video from the '90s that probably influenced you as a young rail fan if you were alive as a kid during that time because and and I love it even to this day because they didn't talk down to the viewer. It wasn't childish baby talk. It was real talk. And gotcha. so many train videos do that and I hate that. I hate it so much. You know, talk to me like I'm a like a talk to me like I'm a kid but talk to me like you're teaching me, you know? Yeah. You know, not just say, hey, kids, we're going to ride the train. There's a train, train, train. Yay. (laughs) It's just like, no, stop. Just stop. I I hate it. But in that video, there was a lot of scenes with from the Santa Fe. They actually showed 3751's trip from Chicago to L.A. So that was cool. And, of course, War Bonnets. And this was pre-BNSF merger. And then when BNSF rolled around, that made it even cooler, in my opinion, because we got Cascade Green from the Burlington Northern. Yep. We got yep. cream and green. We got the pumpkins. It was so BNSF's probably up there pretty high. And then Union Pacific, I like to an extent, but I liked Union Pacific more in like the late '90s after they acquired like the Northwestern and the Southern Pacific. In fact, if I could get away with it, I would absolutely love to model the Union Pacific Moffat tunnel route in the time period right after the SP merger, because during that time they had everything out there. (laughs) So, you know, you had SP speed lettering, AC44s, you had Rio Grande GP40s and tunnel motors. Union Pacific power. You had BNSF run through power, so you literally could have anything out there you wanted. And yeah. if, if you're an omnivore like me, yeah, that's that's for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a I'm a hundred percent BNSF guy. So um, pretty much ninety five percent of everything I have is Burlington Northern Santa Fe or or some you know something under BNSF Great Northern. Uh, northern pacific uh you know all those all those great railroads so i'm in the i'm in the right town for it as well so it, it works for me uh how about you matt
2: well for me uh what was the question again uh, sorry uh, <laughs> well, you, i'm you out. Now, boy, i know I'm, i was i <laughs> see the Ray, uh raise hand button i'm half tempted to use it thinking i'm still here uh, <laughs> We well, were you, just talking about just, <laughs> <it now.
0: laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i i apologize i don't mean to be you no, know i don't am overtaking it here i'm just no, uh you fine. know this is uh what, what was your favorite what's your favorite railroad uh for me probably it's eastern
2: so probably pennsylvania and new york central one of those two that's okay, my gotcha. neck of the woods yeah complete opposite from where you are man
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah yep uh all right and uh what is your So, uh, Ravenhawk, what is your personal take on O-scale moderate railroading for the next 10 years? And if you want to chime in about uh, MTH closing down, uh, feel free.
1: Oh, boy. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think if the right moves are done, O-Gage can last forever, basically. You know, knock on wood. But... You know, we've seen what has happened in recent years, especially with the G-Scale hobby, because a lot of the manufacturers in G-Scale are gone. You know, LGB doesn't make much American prototype stuff, if anything at all these days. Um, Aristocraft is gone. USA Trains barely makes anything. So G-Scale has more or less died off in an ex- to an extent. There are still some hardcore guys that do it. But... I just don't want to see O suffer that same fate, and I really think the manufacturers need to step up their game, and they also need to step up their outreach, like we've said before with social media and such. They really need to step up just a bit more, and stop trying to this, not, stop trying to please the older generation so much. And try to bring the newer fans in, if that makes sense. Because O-Gage, whether we like it or not, O-Gage is not cheap. Nope. (laughs) And unfortunately, with inflation, there's nothing that's going to fix that. So, what you need to bait people in are cool features, realistic details, um, in some cases, road name and road number specific details, which I get. You can't always do that because of manufacturing costs and this, that, and the other. I get that. But you can update toolings slightly so that way you can get a more general model. And you need to focus on possibly making a few more modern locomotives as well. I mean, Lionel and MTH have done great renditions of the ES44AC and the sd 70 ac I've got both renditions of them. And they're great models, but now... We're moving up into other parts with the tier four locomotives. And so far, the only thing we've got from Lionel is that really crappy tier four, tier four Jeevo that we got in the start in the starter set. When even the local hobby shop I go to says that those things are crap.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: they're crap. (laughs) So what I think we need is we need stuff that will get that attention of like say let's say someone let, let's let, let's play armchair booker a second let's say someone was in my position when I was looking at going to O scale i was in HO at the time and the thing that did it for me i like HO i like the details however the parts on them are so fragile because they use super thin plastic especially handrails oh my god handrails are such a pain and I think personally, what did it for me was O Gauge had a better feel, a more realistic feel, was more durable. Yeah, you had the high rail wheels and such, but you know, any rivet counter, if they don't like that, then fine, that's just not for you. But a lot of people with high rail layouts can look past that and still see the details for what they are. And we run
2: on three rails anyway, So not to cut you off.
1: <laughs> it, no, no, I appreciate it. You know, you're absolutely right. We're running on three rail track anyways, unless you're one of those weirdos that does two rail, no disrespect, but two rail O scale is basically <laughs> larger HO. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, let's be real. That's what it is. And for me, I, I just got into O gauge and O scale because, it felt better. There were better features, louder sound, because I can't stand these little tinny speakers that they have in HO and in scale locomotives. They just sound like a bee buzzing around your head unless you blow the horn. Yeah. And then the horn is like, holy crap, loud.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, I'm a huge, huge sound guy, which is one of the aspects of O Gage uh, that drew me in are the, uh, just great smoking units, all the lights and the sounds are just like, for me, like the gravy on top of it, because I mean, I have like a, you know, a super base. So I have the latest, uh, uh, Burlington Northern F7, uh, F7s. Oh, um, and, I, and I got nice. Yep. Yep. I'll have a review up on that, um, in the next month or two. Um, but I also picked up I also picked up the 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 uh, super base B unit holy moly like uh, I usually don't have to turn down uh the vo- the volume I don't, that's awesome. I, have to, I have to turn down the volume it is it is it is echoes people upstairs uh are just like uh, my family but uh they're kind of like what is going on down there is there like are you watching a train show <laughs> no no it's just running my train when you, when you blow the horn, it is just ridiculous. It's awesome. It's like bassy, throaty, and I'm like, you, you're not going to get this on any other scale. It's just, you're not. No, um, and, and also, so. you know,
1: I know some companies like Broadway Limited have done smoke units with HO scale models, and I, I actually have an engine that has that. I have the Broadway HO scale NW611. It has a smoke unit. The problem is, is that you only can put like two, maybe three drops in that thing. And if you go any more, you're going to flood the thing and fry your engine, oh, yeah, which happened oh. to me one time with that thing.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: So I had to send it back and have Broadway rebuild it. And so I don't and, and it didn't last long either. So it's like, well, why did you even bother? Yeah. Whereas with the O scale, I love it when I can just get several engines going and just smoke my whole room up. I mean sure it's probably me not too. good for, it's not probably not good for me, but you know, hey, we're gonna die anyways. May as well die out. Right. Might as well go out and yeah. do what you want.
0: So Yeah, I have a I have an air purifier just for that reason. Just for that. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't just, have that. Me neither. You know I bought it, it was at Menards for sixty bucks and it works. Like I try smoke I smoke the crap out of my room and then I just I turn it on to two and within ten minutes it's like it never happened. Um, nice. Totally worth it. Yeah, they're totally worth it. And they're not that expensive. So,
1: yeah, I think I had one a few years ago when I was doing HO, but I don't. I, I think it broke at some point. So yeah, yeah, bah, whatever.
0: <laughs> you know, another thing to kind of uh to go on your uh you know what what what, what can we do to draw people in uh is uh, you spoke about all the realism and stuff that the realistic stuff, but I think another. Part of that, too, is a lot of the uh, modern culture stuff that Lionel is doing to bring at least to open the door and bring the younger generation in. And then at that point, they're like, oh, well, you know, like, let's take, for instance, like, you know, you know, they like Scooby Doo or I saw that there's a Star Trek set or, you know, something that's, you know, pop culture related. But after they run that around or they or they start to like it or enjoy it, they're kind of like, huh, you know what? maybe I can get one that looks like the one that's, uh, you know, that comes downtown, uh, you know, or something like that. Like, you know, some kind of like, you know, you get your foot in the door, you know, Hey, trains are cool. And then it's kind of like, well, you know, I want to, I want to do something more realistic now. You know, I want that. I want to uh, you know, I want a, uh, you know, a Jeevo a or, you know, a, 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 a GP or something like that, you know? So um, and I, think I think that's kind of important as well.
1: And chief stuff. And, up- yes. and making sure that they can run on legacy now which i think is fantastic we've needed that for a long time because the one oh, strong yeah. point that mth sets have had over lionel sets is it's very easy to upgrade to a to the full system whereas with lionel that old lion chief system you were stuck with the remote that came with the engine you couldn't run it on tmc yep. or legacy and that was that
0: hurt it mm-hmm. yep the the uh, the thing that I use as the the great kind of um, scale for um, midstream engines, especially steamers, is the Imperial Line for MTH. Yes, which I think is the best, hundred percent best bang for your buck. You're not gonna it's you're not gonna find anywhere else. Now I recently picked up uh, the uh, the Santa Fe Berkshire. Uh, the new Line sheet Plus 2.0, and I d- I did a review on it, uh, and I, it's one of my last videos, and I I loved it. It was it, it's fantastic. Um, it's pretty close. Lionel has done finally come close to breaking into that imperial uh, line uh, scale of things where it's got great sounds, it's got a lot of detail, and I can run it with different with all kinds of different, uh, you know, remotes or, on my phone or, you know, I I can use my legacy remote now to run it, or, you know, I can use the Bluetooth app or somebody who's got the, uh, uh, you know, the remote itself, uh, can run around their layout. So I think, I think Lion Chief, Lion Chief plus 2.0 is a great starting point for Lionel. I I would like to see a, a little bit more. I'd like to see a lot more details and stuff, but, uh, they definitely got the sounds spot on. I think at least yeah, in this got, first generation.
1: On they just need to get the yep. control integration all the way up there, and we'll be good to go.
0: Yep, as I agree. As far as
1: MTH closing, that, that 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 was a complete shock. I mean, Matt, you were there that day when it happened. You heard my initial reaction. I was flipping Mine out. Mine too.
2: I I couldn't believe it when I heard. I mean, that was honestly probably the biggest shock. Of my whole life, as far as railroad railroading railroad goes, I couldn't believe. I thought it was a joke. I really yeah, I, honestly I'm like, this,
0: I'm like
1: this has got to be a prank. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, no prank. It's not no prank. No BS. Nothing. It's just wow. So, mm-hmm. and as far as them closing, I'm I would say we have until the end of this month, and if we don't hear anything about a succession plan. Or what have you? Then I think it's time we need it. We got to start worrying because, you know, it's been when did they announce that? June,
2: uh, early late, June, I think something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So it's yeah. been what five, six months at this point, and we something like I mean, that. And the only th- announcement we've gotten is, oh well, supposedly we're going to have a side company do DCS and continue DCS. Well even that's not 100% guaranteed yet because from various contacts that I have there's nothing guaranteeing anything in terms of that. They're still negotiating it. So
2: yeah, and plus that was like 2 days after the announcement anyway. What? It's like, "Oh yeah, so- TCS is staying, but it's like, what about the models? You don't got anything to put it in." You know what yeah. I
1: mean? I mean, yeah. I mean it's there if you want to upgrade something or replace a blown board or whatever, but and here's my thing. Let's say, let's say for, let's suppose it's true. Let's suppose they make a new company that just handles DCS. Fine. Let's do that. Let's say that this thing only has like, let's say a five-year contract. What are you going to do when that five-year contract's up? And also they've completely eliminated the TIU. They've completely eliminated the remote and they've gone to the WTIU now. And they have been pushing for a very long time for the app integration to run the trains. What are you going to do if that app stops being supported?
2: Then you're screwed. You are
1: 100% screwed.
2: And I feel like the app, you know, I mean, they, they, I think, have been pushing it way more than Lionel as far as the app to run Mm -hmm. the train. They even got in the starter sets. Every starter set you get comes with the little uh, DCS uh, module to run it with the phone. No remotes, I think is
1: ridiculous. I mean, I like the app. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a very creative idea. And it's one of those things that draws new people into the hobby. It's like, hey, I don't even need a special remote. I can just run this off my phone. That's great. But if they stop supporting it, that's where the problem is going to lie.
2: Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. For well sure. that and and keep in mind as, as well as is, is that it's not that, you know, Bluetooth is or, you know, Wi Fi is going away. Uh the problem that they're gonna run into is that, you know, Android and, and iOS are going to be coming out with new versions of their operating system. And in most cases, a lot of uh you know, older apps have to be um, updated to support whatever new features or whatever new OS kernel they're gonna run on those specific uh, you know, tablets and and phones. So you know, you it's fine now, and it may be fine next year. But you know, uh, two three years from now, it could um, be a serious you know, problem. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's yep. Is my is my uh, DCS app on my Android gonna gonna run? Am I gonna be able to open it up, or is it gonna give me some kind of kernel failure or memory error or something like that? So yeah, that's that's a problem that I think Lionel did a good job of working around and saying. You know what? Here's LionC plus 2.0, or here's a legacy engine. Here's like four different ways to run it. Have fun. Right. Yeah, right? With
1: MTH, we've got really two, and one's already been been removed from production already.
0: Ex- exactly. And mm-hmm. those
1: remotes are going to be more precious than gold here in a few years. <laughs> sure. Yes, they are. And I've the, got mine, but I'm thinking about letting it go. You're crazy.
2: No, <laughs> I like the app. I mean, don't, get I the, <laughs> don't get me wrong I love it crazy
1: don't get me wrong
2: I love the tactile of the remote but that app is where it's at you know matt and I we had a thing a uh, podcast on this about you know getting into command control and we both kind of said that mth and Lionel did the polar opposite as far as remotes and apps the mth remote is near the app is where it's at Lionel the remote is fantastic the app is kind of near you know what I mean I
0: yeah, mean that—that that, that I can agree take. with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I—I I, <laughs> I,
1: I can't argue that. <laughs>
0: yeah, as someone who has the uh, you know the Wi-Fi, the LCS Wi-Fi, and the DCS Wi-Fi, I can tell you that the the MTH one is just light years ahead of the 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 Lionel one. Not the not that the Lionel one is bad. It's just I find it e- easier to do things. It's more the Lionel. I'm sorry the The MTH one is a lot more intuitive uh, than the Lionel one. And on the flip side, the Lionel legacy remote is just just feels so great in your hand uh, when you're running engines. So
2: I still I'm in the camp of I want a legacy style DCS remote with Quill and Whistle, the whole nine, just like the legacy remote. But for MTH, that that's where I'm at as far as that goes.
1: now, you'll never get that.
2: I know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, know, I know and i'm not happy it's, about it. <laughs> it it's it's too bad that they couldn't uh come up you know years ago they couldn't come up with one standard yeah but like, 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 and, like and, a dcc
1: but no, for O You know, no it's great you bring that up because that is the one thing that ho and N scale got right they did yeah. allow mm-hmm. dcc to be a general thing and that is what they have 100 percent gotten right Lionel and MTH, in my opinion, have needed to pull their heads out of their rear ends and start working together on an integrated control system that can be scale wide.
2: I yeah. agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, got,
1: oh, oh yeah, you can only run this with this system, and you can only run this with this system.
2: Yeah, I was that, that's what I was just getting ready to say was you know, you got one that can only do you know, like and then you throw Lion Chief in the mix. Like you got MTH that can only run with MTH. Lionel that can only run with Lionel. Then you got this Lion Chief system, which I love my Lion Chief set I have, but it's like great. Now what do you do with this? And this is another thing. I'll throw thing another one about. in there.
1: I'll throw another one What's in. That? What about conventional control?
2: Well, yeah, that yeah. too. Well, yeah, okay. Because like you got a thing like proto ones and straight conventional proto, proto post
1: war, pre-war, uh, yeah. you know, weaver models, stuff that doesn't have command control. You sure. know, there's a lot of stuff that does not have command control that people still like to run. Williams, Williams is a fantastic example of that. They make great sure. models, but they just aren't command control.
0: Yeah, yeah. and yeah. they won't be, from what I hear.
1: Nope.
0: Yeah, that, that's a shame too, because uh, even you know TMCC and those Williams, I think they would, I think they could open themselves up to a larger um, market if yeah. they would put TMCC in those in those because I've I've actually seen a couple of them as well like I see them on eBay or you know I've seen them in the catalog and I see them online and I'm like oh that's a really cool model I, like I can't find that model in Lionel or MTH uh oh it's conventional oh well you know sorry I'm, I'm not gonna you know I don't have an interest in running anything conventional so sure
1: I mean I do I actually owned a pair of Williams Baldwin Sharknose diesels a few years ago Let me tell you, those things, those things were built like tanks. (laughs) (laughs) I took those things up to a layout just outside of Nashville that I go to on a semi-regular basis. And I think I got those things to pull about a 30-car train of MPC-era rolling stock. Wow. (laughs) Nice. And I would love to see what they could have done with scale stuff, but I didn't have a scale freight train up there with me. And they were scale models. And my God, when you hook them up to a passenger train, they made like a Metroliner.
0: I have a video somewhere, like a cell
1: phone shot I filmed of those engines going by. And you can just hear, like, if I edited in sounds from the Northeast Corridor of like an Acela going by, where it's just like, that's what this would have been.
0: (laughs) That's cool. That was a really good Doppler effect. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> yeah, it works. It yeah, did. Sure does.
2: So, I almost hate to do this, but yeah. I have to. I got to ask you the million-dollar question.
1: No, if you no, had- no, you are not getting your NS four hundred back. <laughs> Three hundred back. Oh wow. <laughs> no! Uh, well, that
2: that's. I wasn't really getting to. The, well, can't, maybe. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no um, what I was gonna ask was if you had to pick one I know this is my hard one too if you had to pick one model if you could had to sell everything else but you can only keep one piece what would it be and why hmm what piece would that be I have a guess but I'm not gonna say it until you, right, it. you
1: now go ahead and make your guess. 4501 possibly and obviously because it's the 90s rendition 4501 it's the only 100% accurate one in O scale but honestly hmm hang on i'm going to have to break this up into sections so if i wanted to let's let's say i had a steam locomotive that I had to keep pick one, pick a diesel and a steam engine there. How's that? You're forgetting electric.
2: Well, electric too. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I pick a subway. So that's an electric.
1: (laughs) Well, as far as let's just start from the bottom up, as far as electric types go, I would probably have to pick. I I think it would be a hard choice between my Penn central EP five or my Milwaukee road, Great Northern Cascade, and I think the Cascade would win out in that one, even though it's not prototypically accurate, strictly because it has the die-cast body, it pulls really good, It's it sounds pretty good for a ProtoSound 2, although the horn's really loud on it, and it doesn't have operating pantographs, unlike the EP5, but... I think the Cascade would win out just because it's a more rarer model. So definitely would have to keep the Cascade if that was the case. Diesel locomotive wise. Um, If I had to pick one. Hmm. I would probably have to pick. My Rail King Amtrak phase one heritage unit. And that's good choice. And that is strictly because yeah, that locomotive is very that locomotive in particular has a very special place in my heart. Because when I saw that engine for the first time back in 2012, um, and I've actually talked about this on my own podcast once before, but I was really in a funk because I just lost a friend who had died recently, and it was it was very hard and I did not know this thing was coming. I didn't even know the Crescent was running late that day. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time and got it in daylight with it on the point. And I absolutely foamed out over it. I will admit, (laughs) but, (laughs) but ever since then, that engine, I will, I will never forget that day because seeing that engine kind of helped start, Me realizing that you know it's gonna be okay, you know, everything life goes on, you know, it, it doesn't make it any easier, but it will get better. So that's why I would probably keep the 156. Cool. And then, as far as steam locomotives, that's probably the hardest one because I've got a lot of really great steam locomotives in my collection. But it would probably come down if I had to, like, pick the top three. Can we say that? Yeah, we can do that.
2: Yeah, let's say that. I, I mean, it's really hard, I think, to pick. You know, this is, like, the hardest question I think for anybody. Any of us people that are in this hobby, if you, you you can't pick what You possibly cannot pick one.
1: There's no, no way. There's, there's too many good things in our own collections. Yeah, sure. But as far as my collection... I would probably forty five hundred one would probably be at the top of the list, Mm -hmm. followed by my Vision Line Santa Fe two ten ten two three thousand. Oh,
2: that's a that's a beauty. Strictly love that thing. I do. That engine is just
1: amazing. (laughs) If you've never seen one in person, it will blow you away. And then, as far as a third place model, I would probably pick my hmm. Probably my Erie 0880 Camelback because that was my go. very first scale steam locomotive that I ever bought. Nice. So that's that's the long of the short of it. Probably lo- a longer answer than you wanted again, but,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, it gets the job done because, like I said, there's no way you can pick one. You know, I think if, if Matt, I asked you that or if you asked me that, I couldn't pick one. I, I couldn't. There's no way.
0: Yeah, that, that's... Because every time then, you come up with an answer, you're like, well, wait day. a minute. Yeah. Sure. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I have, a, I have actually a great follow-up question, because uh, that was actually a really good question, Matt, but Thank I have you. a great follow-up question to that. Uh-oh. Is there... And this is for either both of you. It, um, Is there a holy... Uh, I'll let Ravenhawk answer first, obviously. But uh, is there a Holy Grail engine or piece of rolling stock that you're still looking for? Now, now I'm not saying... Not something that's like a fantasy piece or, you know, something that's, something that's uh, you know, never been made. Been made. I'm yeah. saying something that has already been made and it is out there and you have been looking for it. And it is something that you're like, I, I, I want to add this to my collection more than anything else.
1: Hmm... Matt, you go first. This might take me a minute.
2: Well, for me, I already got mine. It's my uh, Tuscan K4 from uh, DJ. Uh, I, I've wanted that thing for so many years. I've Every time you put a video up on it, I'm like, DJ, when are you going to sell it? When are you going to sell it? So I find, he finally said, okay, I'm doing it. So I got that, which is fantastic. That's a beautiful piece. If you haven't seen it, check it out on my channel. But uh, I know, Matt, you said no fantasy, but I have to put in the Coors Light silver bullet train
1: i have to that... well, no
2: no i
0: mean no i no. so what am i what am mo- am i meant by that model is that
1: hasn't been made yet oh okay. yes right. if it's
0: been right. made it's fine i'm just saying like you know not something that's that hasn't been produced yet okay yeah so. but no that uh coors light train that that that's a
2: beautiful set I'm, I'm still on the hunt for one of those i mistakenly foolishly answered no to when i was asked if i wanted it and it's been killing me ever since. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, if I find one, I don't care if I got to pay $1,500 for one. I'm going in. <laughs> I really want one bad.
1: Well, for me, um, as far as a if I if I had to pick, I'm going to I'm going to do fictional and real life. As far as real okay. life, that my Holy Grail would probably be W 1218. There you go. Because I love... I actually love 1218 more than I do the 611. And I love the 611. I actually got to see her last run through my hometown when I was a kid. Very young kid. And I got to ride behind her a few years ago when she came back. And I've done a lot of great videos on it. In fact, my second most popular video on my channel is of the 611. But there's just something about the 1218. There's something about its size. There's something about the whistle. I love oh my God, I love that NW hooter whistle. It sounds like a freaking banshee coming down the tracks <laughs> at you. And yeah, I, I love the 1218. I've always been a fan of it, but I don't have one yet. And I missed the opportunity to pre-order one a few years ago from MTH, and I have been kicking myself ever since. Because now I can't find it.
2: Oh, well, My uncle, he's got the Proto 1. He might be able to look at it, letting it go. Maybe, baby don't don't
1: don't start tempting me
2: <laughs> it is I a nice ain't
1: got no money. <laughs> but uh and then as far as a fantasy scheme I actually would really like that gold polar Express Lionel did a few years ago
0: yeah that one me, cool. me too actually I kind of like that one
1: <laughs> I mean I I actually like that it's sort of a matte gold instead of like a high gloss one. You know, sure. so it's not so it's not a fingerprint magnet
0: right yeah
1: so okay yeah that was that was one of
0: the, uh that was one of those sets where if i was going to actually buy a lion chief set it would probably be that same thing that uh what was it the 15th anniversary yeah yeah okay. yeah that one's cool i like the color
2: scheme on the cars what I'd actually get is
1: that have you guys seen that baggage card that they've done for the Polar Express that has like the, uh, you can get a custom message done? And I forget the custom message. I love the paint scheme that's on that thing.
0: I think I saw that. I think I saw that as well. I think I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, look it up. You'll see it. It's very interesting. I actually remember seeing the Polar Express in IMAX when it first came out. That was fun. <laughs>
0: That's probably, That sounds pretty amazing. I don't think I've ever seen it on IMAX.
1: Oh, man. That's the only way to see it, in my opinion. Because <laughs> we were, oh, my gosh. Uh, it was my, God, I'll never forget this. I've actually talked about this gentleman before on my channel. But uh, Dr. B, he was the husband of one of my old elementary school teachers. And uh, he actually was the one who took me down there to the theater to see it. And it was so cool. We were about maybe, I think we were fourth row at the IMAX theater at the Mall of Georgia. And it was amazing to see that movie. The sound was incredible. And of course, you know, they recorded all the sounds off of Pier Marquette 1225. So it sounded real. And in IMAX 3D, it was just, oh, it was great. I, I cannot stress enough how great that was.
0: Awesome. Hopefully they re-release it around here and, and maybe they'll offer it. Well, I mean, not at the moment with things going on, but maybe in the future at some point.
1: Can't go to the movies. Don't want to get that Rona.
0: Nope. <laughs> New York
2: State is still closed.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: uh, so to go back onto my uh, Holy Grail, uh, uh, I'm kind of with Matt on this. I, I already have mine. Um, I have my uh, my my Metro F40s and my, my bi-level commuter cars those are just my you know i love them <laughs> I mean, I, i'm from Ch- i'm from chicago i rode metro commuters for seven years used to work downtown i know these engines how they sound exactly how they sound oh, yeah. um and uh and 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 you know the, the, the commuter cars look and mth just did like a phenomenal job the sound set is unreal it is exactly like like i said for someone who's you know rode for seven years i know exactly what the horns sound like the bells sound like the passenger announcements and uh it is spot on accurate i could say that i mean it's not perfect obviously but uh they did their homework you sound like me in terms
1: of my phase one heritage unit model because i that model has great sounds it has the k5 la horn it's got the pasture freight announcements for the Coast Starlight, one of my favorite Amtrak trains. The only thing they messed up on it is that they had the or, the origin the origin point of the train. It's it actually is supposed to be Los Angeles, but they actually had it as San Diego.
0: Gotcha. I, and to even to even get even more personal, so um, you know they're each uh, Metro F forty. You know when they you know when they come out with them every it was like every five six years they had I don't think they've only done it like three times but um each one is based on a like you know a road name so uh the one I have is one thirty seven West Chicago and um it, it has the stop has you know some of the stops and um and lo and behold one of the stops is actually my hometown that I live in now is the stop is on there. Now that's so cool. I mean that's I really mean cool. how, how can you get more personal than that right I mean that is just that that's just it's unbelievable I'm like you know this stop uh, I live in Elmhurst so it's like this stop Elmhurst and I'm like that is just like to hear your your stop you know that you you get on the train and ride downtown like it, in your on your model railroad engine is just you know it's it's something else so Sure. Oh, yeah.
1: You know, well, it's it's funny you bring that up because there's actually one MTH engine that almost had that happen to with me. And that was the Southern Crescent PS4, because they uh the I think they did for those they did Greenville, Tocoa and maybe Birmingham, Alabama, I think. But my hometown of Gainesville is just on, on that same route. And Tocoa is the next station up on the line. From Gainesville, so missed it by one. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: like you got to think all this personal stories and all this stuff. You know, it's really cool to know that. Like for me, my passenger train that runs near me comes around at eight o'clock. Eight o'clock in the morning, depending on how late Amtrak is, uh, it's supposed to be here at eight o'clock, and it usually is. Is the uh, Lakeshore Limited? No, the Lake Shore Limited. Um, hmm. <laughs> I'm waiting for <laughs> I'm waiting for MTH to do a model of that. I'm surprised with all of the Genesis models they've done. They haven't done that one yet. If they do, I'm totally in because like i said did. I hear it come by. They did, all the, they did, oh, they did? One.
1: Uh, do you remember one. Do you remember that Phase Four Rail King one I had a few years like two years ago now? I think the one so. that was in that the one that was in that starter set, the Protosound Two one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That one actually has PFA has a PFA sequence for the Lakeshore Limited. Oh, sweet! I have to check it out.
2: Might have to now, find one.
1: The horn's not my favorite one, but yes, it is for the Lakeshore Limited.
2: Oh, nice. Okay,
0: uh, scratch it off the list. Is that the? Uh, <laughs> is that the? Was that the silver painted? Yeah. That, uh, uh, okay. Th- they did two versions of the it.
1: Base. They did the PS2 set yeah. and then they did the PS3 set. But uh, okay, it's t- it's technically its technical name is the Northeast Direct set. However, the PFA sequence for the Protosound 2 one is the Lakeshore Limited.
0: Okay, cool. I'll definitely check that out. Awesome. Um, I think I have just one more, at least for me. I just have one more question, and uh, that is, um, is there anything I should have asked but didn't?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, I have other hobbies as well uh, outside of trains, you know, Matt. Matt and I have talked about this significantly, you know, my, about my mutant my. As far as other hobbies, music is a big thing for me as well.
2: For, for me too. Okay.
1: And, uh, you know, I've always been. I have. I, I. I. I've always feel like that. I'm. I like the stuff both model train wise and music wise that nobody else likes. <laughs> <Which> is, <laughs> because a lot of the stuff I listen to are bands like over in Europe. And uh, uh just stuff that you don't hear on the radio. Gotcha. So yeah, you, know, like, you know, people will listen to like pop and rap and maybe modern pop country hit down here in this area. Whereas I listen to like, you know, folk metal and orchestra metal and blues and such like that. So mm stuff that you wouldn't normally think about bands like nightwish and epica and apocalyptica the 69 eyes stuff like that
0: okay no that's 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 really cool to know i yeah. like there's there's people have a lot of interesting hobbies you know and especially when you pair them with like moderator model railroading right like people don't like you know it's it's really cool to hear what other people like besides model railroading like i'm a huge star wars nut like huge, uh, I'm, da, I'm a huge Star Wars guy. So, exactly. And you know, pair that you know you, they they don't go together all that well because they're almost you know you know they they both have like you know really cool you know transportation themed vehicles, but yeah, you know but one is you're not one gonna is see, a very,
1: but you're not going to see trains in the Star Wars universe.
0: No. There, there is a Star Trek train though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Well, so I'm, well, waiting the, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for that Star Wars one to come out. I I hope Lionel gets the license for that because that, that that's that, going to that be like actually, a that could actually money
1: be, that could be a lot of good as far as like collectibility goes. I think so.
0: I'm su- I'm really surprised that they have it. that that especially, man. If you want to oh if you want to put an pages, IP,
1: if you put Baby Yoda yes. on a box car,
0: oh god, oh, man, that, yeah. would oh. that would sell that would sell instantly, dude. Mm. That that they. Lionel, if you're listening, Star Wars and model railroading, do it. You <laughs> know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get our subway thing in there, <laughs> yeah. but it's nah. not a
2: podcast without at, least, without at least one mention of subways. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, you know that's that's your th-
1: that's your thing, man. But no, I, I I agree. Yeah. Star Wars would be an awesome thing for for a set. But uh, gosh, what was I? What was I going to say here? Uh, but no, as far as bands go, getting back to bands real quick, um, I can actually have, I could send you guys the link to this, but just before the plague locked everything down this year, uh, my girlfriend and I went to a concert in Atlanta. It was this band from Finland that I listened to called the 69 eyes. And there's someone actually filmed a video of the show from the balcony. And you can clearly see us in the front row in front of the stage.
0: Really, we that's, got that's, that close. That's cool. That so, is cool.
1: Standing room only. We got that close to them. That's awesome. Plus, I yeah, got that's cool. Plus, I got a signed copy of their new album that came out this year, and it, it was a it was a great night.
0: That that's, sounds that's, a lot of fun. It sounds like a good memory. That's you know.
1: So. Oh, and I have a lot of great memories associated with music as well as I do trains. But music just, you know, it can strike something down in you and it can bring back great memories, sad memories, bad memories, even like I'm sure I'm sure we all have that one song we just can't listen to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But for you know, me, that's 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 the other major side of the mental therapy coin for me, the trains and the music.
2: Sure, and I think, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to really weigh in on this, but, you know, I completely agree with your comments earlier on in the show about, you know, trains, they can keep you going. You know, you come down here, like for me, I'll come down here after a long day at work or school or whatever, and I'll come down here, I'll run trains for, you know, three, four hours, even just a few minutes. I'll Sometimes I'll sit down here like I am right now with nothing on, just stare at what I own. And, you know, it to me, it's just – it's such a therapeutic thing that it's just fantastic. You don't get a, a feeling better than, you know, looking at what you own and enjoying what you have and getting away from the world in any kind of way than to come down here or whatever and run trains. It's a ton of fun. And you put music into that and you've got a gold mine.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yep. 100% agree with that. All right. Um, uh, I didn't have any other questions, Matt. Did you have anything else for Raven? No,
2: I can't think of anything. Just my uh, uh, "kill yourself" question, on you know. <laughs> Which? What's your favorite? Tra- uh, yeah, okay. Uh, let me ask that one now. What's your favorite train that you have? <sighs> yeah, it's hard. I know.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. There, there. That's my answer that, too. Yes. <laughs> you know what? What? That, yes. That's that's one of my that's one of my favorite bands too. Yeah. <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> and with that, I hope this was the best podcast of your life.
2: You can't say the rest, sorry. Nope, I can't. I can't. <laughs>
0: oh Boy. Well, I have to say, you know, this was, um, again, you know, we said it in the beginning, but again, thank you for coming on uh, and uh, just sharing your time with us. Um, you know, we, Matt and I just really want this podcast to go somewhere. Uh, you know, we feel there's a lot of, you know, there, there, there's a lot of great YouTube channels out there and rightfully so. Um, this this hobby deserves a lot more um, outlets for stuff like that, like you had brought up before. Uh, but we kind of felt pod, uh, just a regular standard podcast. You know, there isn't much out there. I think as far as I know, there's just one other one. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just a straight regular podcast, not like you know, an actual like YouTube podcast or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, not the cheap one um, so like we I just, take. <laughs> We just no, no, yours is and you are fantastic. Yeah, dude. Yours yours are great. Um th- you know, there's you know, there's something for everybody, and I just kind of felt that you know, just a regular podcast. Um, I think I think we were trying to fill a void that just really needed to be there. You know, I I enjoy not to go on a tangent on podcasts, but, you know, podcasts are those things that, you know, when you're commuting uh, or when you were commuting at this point, um, you know, when I was commuting, I was I listen to podcasts constantly. But even at home, when I'm working on something, if I'm working on my layout um, or working on a project, um, I usually have a podcast going in the background on something because I'm a huge fan of podcasts. And that's what Podcasts kind of um, a very, uh, very interesting,
1: in my opinion. I mean, it's it's not boring talk show radio like most people. Would yeah. Like.
0: Right. Right. Because like, it's it centralizes on a specific topic. Um, and if you're very interested in that specific topic, um, then it's something that, you know, that you that you're going to you sit there and listen to. You know, radio is very can be, you know, it's just all over the place. Right. You, you know you know, if you listen to standard radio stations, but if there's a specific hobby that you're interested in, um, you know, having a a podcast about that specific hobby um, is a way for you to just kind of uh, relate and get closer to that, that hobby, you know, Hey, I want to listen to somebody. I like this hobby and I want to listen to folks talk about said hobby. Right. Well, with me,
1: see, I like, I, I have a little bit of an interest as far as it goes with professional wrestling. And I, love the two podcasts that i listen to most of all is talk is jericho hosted by chris jericho and steve austin's show the steve austin podcast and those two guys have some of the best podcasts out there and they get off the wall guests steve austin had freaking gabriel iglesias on there at one point really (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) stone cold steve austin had fluffy on his podcast and it was great (laughs)
0: And, I wonder if we can get uh, Steve Austin on this
1: podcast, <laughs> dude. That would be amazing. <laughs> Eric, Eric Stevens, our
0: stone
2: uh, stone cold Steve Austin.
1: No, <laughs> no, 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 no. He doesn't have no disrespect to Eric, but he doesn't have the walk or the talk to be Steve Austin. <laughs> the, the closest thing I have to that is my best friend Perry, and he is legit like like Steve Austin in that respect. He's, oh my gosh, he's great. I've shown him on a few of my videos before, and he was actually on my podcast at one point. Yep. But, cool. Uh, good stuff. But yeah, podcast is certainly a great direction for the model railroading world. And actually, Matt, if you will send me the link, I will gladly drop it on my socials in the community tab on my channel so people can check it out.
0: Yep.
2: All right. Yeah, yep. we'll definitely do I,
0: that for you. Either one we'll or both. Absolutely, absolutely do it. Yep. And, um, uh, just so everybody knows, uh Raven, um, you know, before we end end completely here, um, where can people find you on social media for those people that, you know, haven't found you yet or uh you haven't found your channel on YouTube?
1: Well you can find me at youtube.com slash Ravenhawk sixty-nine ten. Um I do have a Facebook page, however, it's not very active, unfortunately. I'm way more active on Instagram. So if you want some Actual posts. And Instagram is kind of where I like to just post the trains and some of my other stuff. Like I'll sometimes post my D&D stuff on there. I'll sometimes post Pokemon cards, just whatever. I'm kind of feeling like Instagram is kind of my playground in terms of that, whereas the YouTube channel is strictly the trains. So Instagram and YouTube are probably the two best places to find me. And both of them are under Ravenhawk6910.
0: Fantastic. And uh, Matt, how about yourself? You can
2: find me on YouTube under Matt-TrainLover9943. And then I'm also on Facebook under the same name.
0: All right. And you can find me on YouTube at West Chicago Railroad and on Facebook at West Chicago Model Railroad. Um, so that about wraps it up for tonight. I wanted to thank again, thank Raven Hawk for joining us. And thank you for all the listeners that are tuning into our podcast. Um, again, we can be found on Podbean. Uh, we can also be found on YouTube podcasts and Google podcasts. If you just do a regular search for Matt and Matt O scale train podcast, you'll find us, uh, please subscribe and leave, leave us some feedback and some comments. We're, we're always looking for more ideas on what we could do next. And uh, we do, do have a lot of ideas lined up for the future and, uh, and hopefully uh, we'll have Raven back on the, on the show again. That'd be awesome.
1: Bring me back anytime you want. We'll we'll arrange schedules and we'll go from there.
0: Fantastic. All right. Uh, again, folks, thanks for listening and uh, have a good night. Take Bye. Care.
1: Bye.